I think one of the most difficult things about relationships as a guy mm-hmm. is I want you to feel empowered, mm-hmm. but also kind of submissive at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know it's funny, but 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 that's kind of how it is. All right, this is it. This is the real thing. Uh, it's an absolute honor and pleasure to introduce my first guest. This show could not be possible without her. Anything I do could not be possible without her. She is my greatest victory, my greatest treasure. Um, She is the love of my life, my best friend, uh, truly the greatest human being I've ever had the pleasure of spending my time with. Please welcome to the stage my very first guest, Erin Washington. Hey, babe. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Feels surreal, right? I know. I can't believe we're here. <laughs> yeah. No, we're live. This is it. It's It's been quite a journey, and yeah. I truly couldn't do it without you. Oh, yeah. No, it's been great seeing you put all this together, and now we're actually like recording. So. Yeah. I, I think this version of the show mm-hmm. has been in like a serious concept in my mind for... Whew, I mean, theoretically for years, but this version probably for about six months. Okay. And I think, you know, post all the stuff with D and everything, and when we first decided to move, you know, it became a big part of me wanting to kind of put myself first in life. Yeah. And it feels very much of kind of a triumph to mm. even to even be doing this here. It feels it feels surreal, and it already. You know, 45 seconds in feels better than I could have imagined. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember just all your previous attempts at trying to create this and like... Oh, my God. (laughs) All the the little shows that you would do and buying all the equipment and I don't know, something just felt different about this time, like when you were setting it up and buying all your mics and... Just I feel like your vision was grander, and I was like, okay, I think this one might stick. Well, yeah, it, it was a lot more serious, right? Um, yeah. I, I think the main differences, number one, were having it be here. Us being in L.A. and mm-hmm. having it be in an established apartment where we can actually have a set. Right. That's been a huge issue. And yeah. And secondarily, having the savings and the job stability to yeah. be able to invest in it properly, mm-hmm. that's been a big problem. I mean... I think the last couple of years I've spent, you know, around creators and production has made me understand that, yeah, technically you can do something with, you know, one camera and one mic, Mm -hmm. but your level of production is not going to be great. Yeah. And you can tell a very limited story that way. Mm -hmm. And this was like, wow, okay, I really think with more effort and time and resource, you know, I can make something that's really worth doing and that would be really uh, really worth my time yeah and, and this feels great you know proper lighting three yeah. cameras it's like okay like let's actually get started you know right yeah and i mean there is always kind of a level of like just starting and like kind of working with what you have um of course so you know i feel like a lot of people can get wrapped up into like the li- <laughs> i feel like people can get really wrapped into like all the logistics and like how good is my lighting blah 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 right. to where it like 
inhibits them from actually doing it, which I can definitely relate to just with any endeavor, any endeavors that I've like wanted to do lately. Um, But I mean, I think this is like a good level. Like, you know, is it perfect? Like not perfect, but it's like really good. And I feel like, you you. know, you put in like a good enough effort to where it's going to look good. Um, and yeah. it'll just get better. Yeah, you know, one thing that we used to say back uh, when I was working with Puller with uh, Stafford and Jarrell is they had this great slogan, perfection is a dead end. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're always chasing perfect in our lives, especially myself. Yeah, I'm so hard on myself. I've always been my biggest critic. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very frustrating because it leads me to a lot of inaction. Right. And I, I really think over the last year, I kind of realized like, I have all this potential I'm not using because yeah. I want so badly everything to be great. To be perfect, Everything yeah. has to be perfect, and it's stopping me from doing anything. And you're not going to be perfect when you start doing anything no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I can only hope that this is the worst show I ever do because <laughs> I want everyone to be better <laughs> To be than better, this. yeah. But if you don't start somewhere, you're mm-hmm. never going to get to the point where, where you can get to. And I think just getting started and having that commitment to not stopping mm-hmm. i think is a huge difference from anything i've done in my, my past yeah no i totally agree i mean like i said it's super relatable like i'm a huge perfectionist and like yeah, I, know. I gotta get out of my own head so. <laughs> and 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 talk to me about that you know there's uh one of the topics i wanted to bring up with you is you know you're very much a creative you're one of the most creative people i've met you mm-hmm. know but I know you don't really yet see yourself as being able to make a living from your creative endeavors. Yeah. And I know a big part of that is kind of related to like imposter syndrome for you. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know like how that lands with you. Just talk to me about like when you think of setting out to, you know, be a full-time creative. Yeah. Like what are kind of things that go through your mind and kind of stop you from getting there? Yeah, I mean, quite a few things. I mean, definitely, like, the imposter syndrome. Um, Because I guess for me, it's, like, my whole life I've been very, like, a creative person. Like, my dad's, you know, he does art and graphic design. And he's always, you know, been a big influence on me with, like, the arts. Um, You know, I did orchestra growing up. I was always, like, I did art and stuff here and there. I was actually, like, in an art show at one point. Really? Yeah, I think I've told you that before, but... Like in middle school. I mean, it was like, it was just like, um, like in middle school, I think I was in like the art class. Oh, and you like made a project. And it was yeah, I made a project and then it was like in an art show and like That's it was cool. cool. Or maybe it was, it might have been high school. I don't know. But either way, right. like I've always been into that stuff, but I feel like I, for some reason at that time in my life, like when it was like moving on from like high school to college, mm-hmm. I... Like, I just, I kind of shied away from it. I shied away from, like, going into, like, art or music or Mm. whatever it is. Kind of just because, like, people will tell you, like, oh, there's no money in that. And, like, you're not going to make a lot of money. And so I guess I kind of shied away from it. And then, you know, I went to college and I did international affairs and, like, public administration. So, like, things that are not really creative at all yeah um which were like interesting but I always felt like something was missing and I feel like now as an adult I'm really kind of like getting back to like my roots Mm -hmm. and getting back to like the creative person like I've always been do you do you regret stopping I I feel like college has a way of that even that time in your life even if you don't go to college has a way of kind of sucking the creativity out of people Mm -hmm. because you're so worried about practicality 
Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you're going to be poor. Oh, yeah. you're not going to be able to get money. And it, it kind of stops you from caring about something that probably really matters to you. Do you ever feel like things would be different had you just said, you know, fuck that. I'm just going to keep staying in orchestra and art yeah. and continue to do that? Do you regret that? Or do you feel like it kind of worked out the way it was supposed to? Um, I mean, I don't regret it. Like, yeah, yeah I agree. Because, I mean, I don't know. If I really wanted to pursue, like, orchestra or art or whatever, like, I wouldn't have taken the same path that I've, you know, been on. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be sitting here with you. Probably not. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like we're, like, our relationship works because of just how our lives kind of landed together. Yeah. And so, like, who knows what I would have been doing if that's what I pursued. So I don't really regret it. It's more like just you know trying to get back to it now and just being like you know like I had the time in college I was able to explore the things and I think you know deep down I really do want to do something like creative with my life um and like actually just like doing it and like (laughs) getting over like the perfectionism and like um you know just like putting yourself out there I think is a big thing and just like really being vulnerable too like I don't know, even just like this (laughs) is like a lot for me. So I think, yeah, if I can just get more in touch with like being vulnerable and like not um, really being afraid to like not be perfect, then, you know, I think eventually like, yeah, I could, you know, build something to where I could live off of it and I wouldn't have to, you know, do the corporate stuff <laughs> yeah I know you hate it. and it, it's so sad sometimes like yeah when we'll um we'll just be working and i can just like see it in your face something went wrong at work mm-hmm. and it's like oh, it's just so soul crushing yeah seeing you do bad. i mean obviously i get like extra hurt when i see you sad because right. you know i care about you more than the average person but just in general i can tell that you know the corporate environment isn't going to be good for your mental health long term right like (laughs) the faster you can transition out of that the better but realistically it could be could be years you know and and I think that's one of the hardest things to accept yeah I mean it is because I think about that like on a daily basis just like because yeah I mean some days like I hate it and I'm like I don't and it's not even that I hate necessarily my job because my job is actually kind of cool and yeah it is kind of cool like I actually like my job (laughs) I just you know like the things that go into like having like a corporate job like having a boss and all the workplace politics and Mm -hmm. just all the like those kind of things that I hate you know like I hate interacting with people like so much on a daily basis virtually and then also like there's always that wall of like professionalism and like you know, especially like not being in person, like it's hard to really get to know people. And I feel like I work best in environments where I am more comfortable around the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, don't feel like I have to like be a different version of myself. Right. The wall of the wall of professionalism is the worst part of it for me. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, you have to play the game to some extent, mm-hmm. right? Like I think the biggest lie that's being told right now is that like oh you can just be yourself and like the workplace environment and you're gonna get ahead that is so fucking untrue (laughs) like the people who succeed are the people who buy into the corporate environment there is a level of of cool but you have to be like obama cool right right you have to be like acceptable corporate cool but Mm -hmm. you can't stray too far off the path yeah and it's like maybe you might get ahead that way being like an edge case or like a token essentially Mm -hmm. but if you want to actually move ahead in the corporate world you have to play the corporate game yeah and and i think that's tough for me i think i finally got to the point in my career where i have enough 
of a strong background mm-hmm. and enough on my resume to say like I'm only going to play the corporate game to this extent yeah. because I have worked here and I've done this and I've done that so it's like you can't tell me that I don't know how to do it but yeah. like even something as simple as like changing my LinkedIn profile to a not businessy <laughs> not photo business, yeah. was a huge decision for me mm-hmm. and it was very liberating because it's like oh I can still get a job like this because yeah. I have a resume that backs it up like that's that was difficult for me, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I do think, like, your level, like, on the chain kind of dictates, like, how yourself you can be. 100%. Because I'm, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I want to be myself at work, but, like, at the same time, like, if you have people above you, like, there's only so much, because you have to listen to what they tell you to do, right. you know? You have to take, you know, See, their direction. Yeah, that's that's the trick of the corporate environment. The higher up you go, the more childish you can act. Right, and yeah. the people who are the most professional are like the interns. Yeah, I mean, the because, people lower. Because they can't chance offending anyone because they mm-hmm. have no agency. Yeah. Right? They have no nothing to stand on to say, well, I've done this. Oh, I've brought in this revenue, so you got to keep me around. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you feel like you can just be fired any second if right. you like, mess up. And, and I think what really gets you is when you see companies like, you know, a company I was at two companies ago, the people at the top, like the C-suite people, yeah. They were just bros. Yeah. They were just hanging out, doing their thing. They'd show up late. They'd say whatever, talk to people whoever they wanted, but it didn't matter because they had made the company, you know, $10 million, so $100 million, mm-hmm. right? And you try that as an assistant, you're getting fired right. <laughs> for not being professional enough because you didn't make the company hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's kind of what gets missed. And I think it's it's really funny. But um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's so many things I want to bring up. Okay. Let's start with the big elephant in the room. We are a year and a few weeks out from getting married. married. Yeah, we are. You ready? Um, I mean, no, because <laughs> <laughs> because we haven't planned anything. And like, well, yeah, I mean, well, I guess like being married, like, am I ready for that? I mean, I think so. Think yeah, so? I'm definitely like ready. I think like the year that it's going to take you know for the wedding like i think by then i'll You'll be definitely like be ready. i'll be ready um but yeah i mean like marriage is a big thing and yeah. i feel like i don't know i guess one thing that i've really liked about you know being engaged to you is i feel like we've both been able to be like super honest about our feelings i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people when they get engaged it's like you both have to be you know like oh yeah ready for marriage immediately and like if someone isn't it causes like a big thing but right. i just feel like you know we've been able to like talk to each other and be like hey you know like you know i love you like i want to get married to you but also like i'm a little scared because yeah. what a surprise right what a surprise <laughs> and like you know i think you're only committing for the rest of your life yeah you're only committing for the rest of your life there's like one person no big deal right <laughs> yeah and like so it, that is a hard thing to like talk about and i yeah. feel like a lot of people can't have that conversation because it turns right. into like oh well do you actually love me? Like, what are you trying to be with someone else? Right. And it's like, no, I'm not trying to be with anyone else. Like, I'm pretty sure about it. But when you're making a lifelong commitment, like you're always going to kind of think in the back of your head, like, you know, is this like right? Or mm-hmm. is this the person? Like, you're going to have those questions. Well, yeah, and it's natural and it's difficult because the media kind of uh, portrays this narrative that being engaged fixes everything. It's yeah. kind of like 
the story almost ends at engagement mm-hmm. and then it skips to the marriage. To the marriage, right. Right. Then you're actually like a, an insecure, for example. Like the big moment is the engagement mm-hmm. and then they spend like two minutes at the end like, oh yeah, they got married. Yeah, they got they married, married kids, blah, blah, blah. It right. It's like, <laughs> no, there's a, there's a huge process in between that. And one thing that I bring up often, I've told you about is engagements are very one-sided mm-hmm. um, depending on when you do them. Yeah. There, you know, sometimes you'll have the relationships where it's like the woman really wants to get married. Mm-hmm. So she's like pressing the guy. When are we going to go ring shopping? I'm not going to be around forever. When are you going to ask me? And then there are kind of situations like ours where I knew before you did. And yeah. so when I asked you, it was like you had to really, you know, make that decision. And the funny part is, you know, I always say the big moment for the guy is getting engaged. The big moment for the woman is getting married. Mm-hmm. Because... When you're a guy, when you get engaged, you didn't make that decision last week. Yeah. Right? Because you had to plan asking. You had to save up for the actual ring. You had mm-hmm. to ask the parents. That I mean, that's months in advance. You made that decision. Yeah. But the woman doesn't make the decision until you ask her, and then she says yes or no. Right. But then the thing you don't really see is this point. There's this you know, six-month, eight-month dead time in between the actual commitment because right. sure we've said yes but we haven't actually, actually committed said, to yeah. anything you know well yeah and because a lot of people like break engagements all the time right. you know and i saw somewhere i forgot where it was but like the average length of engagement is like 15 months wow. these days um and i feel like engagements are probably a lot longer now because of like pandemic co- co- yeah, yeah. The, the pandemic and all that um, so there is like a big chunk of time in between you actually making this commitment. <laughs> right. And so like things could go wrong. You never know. Um, That's, so yeah. That is one thing I think about though. What? Right. It's like, you know, we haven't had many fights, you know, definitely not serious fights in a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like when you're engaged and you fight, this is like your last chance for a fight to actually like break you break up. Break you up, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you're married, it's like, oh, we fought, but we got to work through it. Right. Or we're getting divorced. <laughs> yeah, and then divorce is like a whole whole thing. So Yeah, divorce is like, divorce is serious because especially when you have like things to lose and kids and money, it's like, I am so sick of you that I'm willing to risk all of that because right. my life would be that much better without you. Right. And and that's like a crazy point to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it's, you know, I feel like I could never get to that point with you, but yeah. I'm sure that's what most people say, you know, <laughs> before they get divorced. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like I haven't talked to any, like, I guess, divorced couples or like right. people who have been divorced. So I don't really know what that is like. So I, it's hard to like speak on like, you know, people are are getting divorced too quickly maybe they need to stick it out longer like because i just don't really know like yeah like you said like how you get to that point where you are just completely like done with the person you'd rather them not be in your life yeah because it's like when when you're dating you can get in one fight Mm -hmm. and break up yeah when you're married you don't just get in a fight and break up i mean there has to be some sort of pattern of like a lot of stuff going wrong over a long period of time yeah yeah, and I guess, like, just from what I've seen, like, on the internet and stuff, it seems like a lot of it is because, like, there's some layer that you haven't been able to kind of express to that other person, or there's some, like, conversations. How so? Like, I don't know, I feel like maybe a lot of divorce happens because, like, the person, like, turns into someone that you didn't expect them to be, right. or, like, maybe there's a subject that you thought you were on the same page about, but you never actually, like, had that 
you know, conversation. Like you didn't maybe, do. Yeah. Or maybe when it actually appears, your yeah. thoughts aren't as linear as you thought they were. Right. Like you didn't do like pre-marriage counseling or like yeah. have that. Cause you really have to like consider like everything. And I guess that's why everyone always recommends like pre-marriage counseling. Cause you have to like talk right. through what's going to happen. Like in the worst situation of your life, you know, how are we both going to feel about it? And of course, like you're not ever going to know until, something like that does happen but it's like you have to at least know you know where someone is um and then even like finances because you know that breaks up a lot of people right and it seems like that's like a subject where you know just like i said just things that you hear around it seems like a lot of people don't know their person's like financial history or how they are with money yeah, and like hard. What's in their account? Like, you have to be pretty transparent. Yeah, and, you know, and then even financial stuff could change, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you or I were to lose our jobs tomorrow, that would drastically change the dynamics of our relationship, you know? Yeah. You got to start living off uh, less money. You mm -hmm. feel a lot more responsibility to be the breadwinner, you know, in either direction. And yeah. that can be tough. And, you know, people get kids. Childbearing can be a huge effect. Like, there are lots of things to be worried about. You know, what would you say you think is your biggest fear? You know, I'll start. I, I think my biggest fear in, in marriage is changing. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, you know, you just turned 27. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, I'm still young 26, even though it's for like six days. I'll right. be 27 <laughs> by the time this comes out. Right. But, um, <laughs> but theoretically, right, I think about how I was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was just, you know, a kid and I was immature. And obviously, you know, you only mature to a certain point And like once your brain's fully formed, yada, yada, yada. But how will I be when I'm 47? Right. You know, I'm going to be a completely different person. And you're going to be a completely different person. Yeah. And does the 47-year-old version of me and you fit as well as the 27-year-old version? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it fits better. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of part of the commitment, right? It's like yeah. you just decide to love the you know 47-year-old version of you even if I don't like them as much. Right. I don't know. And you know, that's yeah. something I think about. But it's also what am I supposed to do about it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we can wait to get married till we're 48 so I can be sure that be I sure. like the 47-year-old <laughs> version of you yeah. or you go for it and and see what happens, right? It's Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I would say that's definitely, like, a fear of mine, too, yeah. I guess. And I guess, like, with the whole, like, changing aspect of it, I feel like there's kind of two different, like, camps. Like, yeah. there's people who, um, like, you know, like, Shan Booty. Yeah. Shannon Boudram. <laughs> I remember seeing one of her videos where she's basically saying, or it was, she was talking about divorce, and she was just saying how, like, a reason she would get divorced is if like her partner um like changed and was a different person mm -hmm. because like she feels like that's not who she agreed to marry so like why would she continue to be married to to that person so i feel like that's kind of one side of people who are like you know if you switch up like i may not want to be yeah. with you <laughs> but then i feel like there's the other camp where it's like you're kind of signing up to love that person in any way that they may change mm -hmm. and i guess personally like i'm probably the latter like right. i do think like, yeah, people are going to change. Like, we're not going to be the same as we are now. We're not going to be the same even a year from now when we actually get married, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm not going to... I, you know, I think that you should try to stick it out through someone maybe changing and figure out how you can, you know, 
make it work for you so that you can continue to be married. Now, obviously, if they change, like, so drastically that it's, like, you know, they become abusive or, like, something, like, serious, then it's, like, yeah, okay, you definitely should leave. Yeah, we're assuming all changes are not complete negative, Yeah, complete negative, Just being different You're just a different person. Maybe you have different interests or, you know. And then the other thing about that is, like, if, if you've changed to be a different person then like you're gonna change again like it's a long life and so like yeah i am personally more like you know you have to learn how to grow with a person and i feel like especially once you get married like you do really grow with the person and you kind of live your lives together Mm -hmm. and like who you turn into you know might still match with like the person that you originally married but like the fact is like you're in it together so yeah and and then I think you touched on the key point, which is that you're in it together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, right? It, it's hard to imagine you changing so drastically that I would feel differently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I see examples. You know, I have a friend who will not be named. And she talks a lot about how, you know, her parents still love each other, but they are totally different even than they were seven years ago. Yeah. Like they've changed drastically mm-hmm. as people because they've gotten into like different religious stuff and different practices. And, you know, that's seven years. And, you know, and they've been married for over 30. Mm-hmm. So imagine how different they were back then. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're always kind of yourself. You know, there are little parts of you that continue and hopefully that's enough to keep it together. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can never really know for sure until you're in the situation. And I think what kind of helps us is, you know, we're both very fortunate that our parents have been together so long. Right. That so we've, we've, kinda, we've seen that. Yeah. Like, and we've seen what a successful marriage can look like. Yeah. And it makes it a little less scary. But I really empathize for people who haven't because I feel like, yeah, it's a daunting idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing that I found really interesting, because um, I've been watching a lot of this uh, girl on YouTube who's like very into bisexuality uh and you know she talked all about like different shows that have different bisexual relationships like tila tequila for example but one thing that was really really fascinating to me about this is on all these shows um the concept is they're a bisexual almost always a woman Mm -hmm. right and the concept is you know are they going to choose all these men or all these women Mm -hmm. but the goal is basically to be not bisexual the goal mm. is to either be gay or straight because she can't pick two people. She has right. to pick one. Mm-hmm. And if she, as a bisexual woman, picks the woman, she's like, oh, well, you know, she was never really straight to begin with. She was just a she, lesbian. Yeah. And if she picks the guy, it's like, oh, it was just a phase. Yeah. So it almost like the show's goal is almost to confirm that yeah. being bisexual is not really a thing even though the show is about, about bisexual. bisexual. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so interesting and because we live in a very, you know, relatively traditional bubble, right? I mean, you're straight woman, I'm straight man, we're getting monogamously married, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we're both not 30 yet. Like, we very much have a traditional role and it, it kind of makes you wonder how well does these alternatives to what we're doing work you know right now society tells you to talk so much about like hey any relationships work gay straight like it's all about being yourself but historically we haven't had the time to see how a lot of other relationships work 
Yeah. And like, they don't have the data. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like straight monogamy is still kind of held to this like gold standard. Almost. Yeah. Do you see that changing like in the future? Or? I mean, I think it's definitely going to change just so? because, I mean, our generation and like the generation after us is more accepting of like those type of relationships. Right. And so, like, yeah, I think we are still at an early point, you know, even though there are a lot more people like out and being themselves, like, but we still, like you said, like, we just haven't had enough time to like really see like, okay, well, in 50 right. years, how do their kids end up like? What are, you know, because it's like generational. You can't really know until like you see how their kids end up and maybe how their kids end up to get like an idea of like, does this actually work? Yeah, because I consider myself a very, you know, a very understanding person. I consider myself like very liberal, Mm -hmm. you know, and I really do try to understand people different than myself. But I still have a lot of, you know, prejudices and a lot of beliefs that like, you know, certain arrangements of parenting probably aren't going to work out great i've never seen like you know let's say um you know if you have two dads and a mom and you're like polyamorous and you're raising kids like i still fundamentally don't feel like that's a very good way to raise kids (laughs) you know is there a pressure to that sure but it's also honest and i think the vast majority of people probably feel the same way like and the number one reason is i just haven't seen it Mm. (laughs) you know well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's going to take time because, I mean, yeah. even like polyamory, like, that's like still super new. Like, yeah. people are still, I mean, not like super new. Like, it's probably like been around for a long time. Sure. But just in terms of like there being more polyamorous like couples who, you know, might be married or whatever and right. having kids. So it's like. And it's still seen as very niche. And very it's seen, niche, yeah. You know, and polyamory is seen much more like as like a sexual concept maybe like oh there's a way to do a relationship that's different but the idea of like oh this is what i want to do forever yeah you know this is not a phase like i want to have a polyamorous long-term relationship indefinitely still seems pretty out there to me in terms of like this can't be very common right (laughs) yeah no i mean i don't think it's common at all but i don't know i mean i think Again, like, that's one of the reasons why, like, I feel really good about us is because yeah. I feel like we're both very, like, open people and we're open to, like, things being not, you know, being specifically, like, traditional or whatever or how, like, society, like, wants you to, like, make it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when you think about, like, a marriage that is your whole life, like, like, it's, like we were just talking about, like, we're going to change, like, but knowing that, like, we're both, like willing to like let our relationship change with us i think is like really important gotcha you know i think one of the most difficult things about relationships as a guy Mm -hmm. is i want you to feel empowered Mm -hmm. but also kind of submissive at the same time (laughs) (laughs) okay i know it's funny but 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 that's kind of how it is because our relationship is still relatively traditional yeah but i don't want you know it to be a 1950s picket fence where you know you're just home with the kids all the time like i believe in you and your dreams Mm -hmm. you know but you know we have a lot of pretty traditional parts to our relationship you do most of the cooking you know (laughs) yeah and you know we talk a lot about how when we have kids you find it really important that you know at least for a couple of the early years you want to be able to be at home and support them yeah and i do too but i want to talk to you okay as a modern woman 
especially one in a relationship. Yeah. How do you, you know, look to balance duality of the, you know, empowerment, independent parts of being a woman, but also, you know, the level of submission that's required for, you know, a more traditional relationship? Mm. Yeah. I mean, to me, I feel like, uh, I think in general like when you talk about women and like the traditional role of like a woman and blah blah blah, all this stuff like people already look at it as like negative and like because it came from a time where like you know in the 50s or you know back in the day oppression yeah like women did take on that role and they were like oppressed like they didn't have the same choices the same like freedoms they couldn't just say you know i mean they they could but like you get like shunned kind of or you know it wasn't socially acceptable to like be super out there i guess um so like nowadays i think one we need to like take away this like stigma of it like being negative if you are a more like i guess submissive person or if you're someone who wants to stay at home blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. so i think we need to take away the stigma of it being negative and then also i think we need to make it okay for men to take on that role if they want to. Like, I think... That's the missing step, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, that's the missing step because I feel like anyone should be able to, you know, take on these roles if they want to and we shouldn't see them as, like, you know, like, I guess if it's a guy, it's like you you feel like they're not a real man or... Yeah, but but you've got to, you know, I've got to play the devil's advocate there because you have to understand, like, if tomorrow I made the decision that I wanted you to make all the money and I wanted to stay at home, <laughs> would you be okay with that? No. Well, why not? <laughs> and obviously know. I'm putting you on the spot because yeah. that's not the relationship you want. Right. But but you can see where that stigma comes from, right? Like Yeah. I mean that's true. I mean, yeah, okay, like if you apply it to us, like maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would be completely against that. I mean, you know it wouldn't be like my favorite thing but like i don't know we could figure out something that would work for us sure. but like but would you look at me as less of a man mm, no not really unless like unless you like changed like your demeanor and your mannerisms right. and like because i think that's really like kind of the main part of it all like if you were like like yeah if you were someone who wanted to stay at home and cook but you were still like everything was the same about you like i would still be attracted to you i still want to be with you gotcha. i don't think it would like turn me away um but yeah i guess like going back to like women specifically because that's like what you originally asked yeah. um like i mean for me like i think it's fine like 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 i said we should take away the negative stigma about it and i think it's just important to like see people like as equals in the relationship no matter what kind of role they decide to take on or like feel like because i feel like a lot of people like if you want to be the traditional wife like all of a sudden that means like oh you have to do whatever the guy says because he's the one making the money and he can make all the decisions and i'm just like i mean i don't really see why that has to be true like you can still like listen to what i think we should do and we can still make decisions together like just because one person makes money and the other person decides to stay at home like that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you can't make any choices about anything or you can't like be respected in the relationship right i think it's tough for me because Mm -hmm. i remember when i was not that much younger really just a couple of years ago i always felt that if i was with a woman who wasn't you know making any or a lot of money Mm -hmm. that like 
I was almost like babysitting her in a way. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, why do you need her? Yeah. You know, but, but I think as I've gotten older, I've understood the value of how much a woman can bring to your life just at home Mm -hmm. and not like her staying at home. I mean, like how much of your life is not about work, you know, as, as a guy, when you're like right out of college, 21, 22, everything in your life really becomes about work and making money yeah that's all that really matters to you and you kind of look at the world in a very economic lens if it doesn't make money it doesn't make sense type of thing Mm -hmm. but then after you kind of get just enough money to get settled you start to realize how much of what matters in life is after you come home from work Mm -hmm. how enjoyable that time is you know how stressed are you and then you get to the point where it's like oh am i eating remotely healthy am i taking care of myself and and i think it's kind of invaluable what any woman can bring in your life in that way, just because women are just a lot better at being clean and organized and stuff you never think about. I mean, you go to any guy's house or apartment that lives alone, mm-hmm. and you go to any girl's, I mean, it's just night and day. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's funny, because it's not always night and day in terms of being clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to some girl, we all know the, the messy girl. There's right. nothing worse than a messy girl. <laughs> Why? Because they have so much shit. Yeah, but that's the difference. A messy guy, it's just messy. It's just like dirt and trash and, you know, untaken out, you know, of food. But a girl's place is messy because they have so much stuff because girls will always take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. But men won't. Yeah. So even if you get the wrong girl in your life, she's still going to help you take care of yourself because she's going to do things like... You know, get a random candle here or make sure you have enough toilet paper. Yeah, it's like the nurturing side. Yeah. Dude, there are so many things Mm -hmm. that have never happened since we started dating together, living together when we were dating. That used to happen to me all the time. I would just like, oh man, I brought us home some takeout. We don't have any ketchup. I never had condiments. (laughs) It's, I never considered it. Yeah. And now I go to like my friend's house, like Ian's and stuff, and it's like, he just won't have an extra pillow for me to sleep there as a guest. Mm-hmm. He has just enough pillows for himself. Yeah. Because that's the male brain, you know? And I used yeah. to be the same way. I mean, I think it's like how kind of, like, I think it's how you're raised for sure. Right. And like, I think boys and girls are, you know, I think raised somewhat the same, but then also very different. Traditionally. Like, traditionally, I guess. <laughs> So, I mean, so I think maybe that's where that comes from. It's just like, you know, we kind of come from similar, like, households. But I I can tell, I guess, like, there are some things that, like, you're, you know, that you just didn't learn how to do. And then there are things that my parents are just very, you know, that just made sure I knew how to do. And I don't know if it's just because I was a girl or what. Well, I think being a girl is a big part of it because, you know, you have a brother and I feel like you know how to do a lot more stuff than he did per age because I also think it takes more to it takes more to be a woman, yeah. you know, growing up, especially I mean, in terms of taking care of yourself. Yeah, I mean, when I think about like chores and just like yeah. knowing how to upkeep your life, like I would say, me and my brother like learn the same stuff. I feel like really? you know, I mean, oh, yeah. and you had the same expectations of chores. You think so? Yeah, I think we. I just, think that's uncommon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, other than like, like I wasn't mowing the lawn, sure. like that kind of stuff. But like, we both had to do our own laundry at a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we both learned how to like cook basic stuff, and like, 
like yeah i don't think my parents had any drastically different chores and like other than like i said like lawn work like that was the only difference i think we just grew into different people and like i mean i am like ultra organized him not so much (laughs) (laughs) but but my point is more like when you were, you know, 15, 16, mm. and you start caring about your appearance more, you know, as you do in adolescence, yeah. how long does it take you as a girl to get ready in the morning versus how long does it take a guy? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be different right. for sure. And, and I think that kind of mentality leads to always being prepared, having more stuff. Like you just, it just takes more to be a woman. <laughs> you know? like, oh, yeah, definitely. Guys can survive it pretty much nothing. Yeah. I have a fun question I want to ask you. Oh, okay. Well, wait, there was one point I wanted to make. Oh, or what, are you, what were you going to say? No, no, it was different. Oh, okay. Well, I was just, the, the I was going to bring it home, I guess. Bring it home. <laughs> With just like, I guess, a passionate topic of mine Ooh. is in that like, I just feel like our society in general, like we don't, we don't like to see things like holistically, like as a whole, like people as a whole or like your home life. And like, we don't, we don't value those things enough. We don't value like, if you're getting enough sleep, if your room is clean, mm. blah, 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 all this stuff, we value like productivity and like, right. do you have a job? Are you making X amount of money? Very capitalist. Very capitalist, you know, very, ca- which isn't like terrible. I think there's, but I think there's a, a balance to it. Mm-hmm. And so I guess going back to what we were talking about with like the whole, you know, staying at home versus working, like taking away that negative stigma, I think we have to get to a place where, we see that as valuable work. We value that in our society. We want right. there to be a person, whether it's the mom or the dad, like whoever, you know, or if it's like a same-sex couple, like who, who cares? Right. We need to value having a person who is like, you know, upkeeping your house because when work is going crazy and you're stressed out about that, like you still have to come home. You still have to like mm-hmm. eat food that's good for you. Yep. You still want to live in like a positive environment and like if we don't put more care into that or like give more respect to that kind of work like i mean yeah people are gonna be basically how they are now like hating their jobs and not really having anything else to like i guess back them up because they don't have that like nurturing home life element yeah and i I think you're making an excellent point yeah and i think that sentiment is what kind of separates people with good lives for people who are truly happy and fulfilled Mm -hmm. because i understand why money comes first right because your options of how good of a life you can have are completely limited by money money cannot buy you happiness Mm -hmm. but it can buy you a standard of living that will much better your chances of thriving in a happy environment Mm -hmm. but i think you're making a great point money is not everything yeah but it's hard to see that until you get some money Yeah, yeah you know it's like you can have a great home life, but if you live in a shack and you can barely pay your bills, yeah. it's going to be tough to appreciate that. But you're right. We have to stop looking at value on an economic scale only. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because if you, especially with kids, I think kids are the most obvious one that's really being missed. Mm-hmm. Like there is a massive value to raising young humans yeah. and the future of society. You know, we look at teaching and babysitting and childcare as these jobs that anyone can do that are not very valuable, but they're the difference between having a positive future and, you know, the world kind of getting fucked up. 
you know, we have to incentivize that. And I think at home, especially with your own home life and your own children, that's just as valuable as the person who's paying for it. Right. And and I think the greatest part about, you know, kind of the modern woman is you can do both. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like there are the super moms out there who are going to work every day, but then they're coming home and they're working again to, you know, create this environment that's positive and Yeah. I think I understand myself enough to know that I can't do it all on my own. I can't be a, a super dad. Yeah. Like, I get too, you know, zoned in on work or too focused on my own goals. Like, I need someone, obviously, like you. And these are, you know, qualities that I think you're great at. You know, you always help me slow down and be more in the moment and, mm-hmm. you know, be more appreciative for the things I have. And I want you to know that, like, I really, really do value that. Yeah. You know, and, and I truly do see you as an equal. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully you already feel that way. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. For sure. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think just like another layer to it is just like, you know, we don't, our current like economy or, you know, society or whatever, like we don't, even for like people who want to focus on those like, you know, home qualities or those mm-hmm. home kind of things, like, you know, economically, most people can't really do that unless you yeah. are, like you were saying, like, unless you already have the money, unless you are at a certain, yeah. and we need to make it so that, like, you don't have to be, you know, super rich in order to have that in your life, in right. order to have a good The money life. has to come first right now. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't even focus on the things you're talking about until yeah. you're at a certain standard of living, unfortunately. Yeah, and most people just aren't these days. Right, and, and honestly, if you're working 16-hour days, you know, 12 hour days, even 10 hour days, realistically, like mm-hmm. how high can your standard of living be? Yeah. You know, because they're only 24 hours in a day. If you're spending half of them actively working, you know, between getting ready to work in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, finding any amount of food and trying to get eight hours of sleep, your life's pretty much just work. Just work, yeah. And I think the ultimate goal is to get beyond that, you mm-hmm. know, like you're saying. And, and, and I think I think it's just a great point. Yeah. You were going to ask a fun question. Yeah. Uh, no, I was getting to that. Okay, fun question, fun question. Okay. What is the most annoying thing about me? Your stubbornness. <laughs> you answered that way too fast. I want to redo. Uh, no, I totally get it. No. No, no, I, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, your, your stubbornness for sure. And it's like knowing your dad and like getting to know your dad, I'm like, that. I know that's where it comes from. <laughs> Yeah, and I wouldn't say you're not like an overall like stubborn person. Like you're very open-minded. You're very willing to try things. So there, you know, like you're not like a stubborn person. It's just certain things when you decide that you like want to do things. Like you're not gonna give me an example. An example, like well, just even before filming this, and I, I mentioned how you never connect any of your Apple products, like your <laughs> cell phones or your laptop or anything, to like iCloud. So like nothing right. syncs for you, and then you're on one device, and you're like, oh, I don't have that on here, and I'm like, well, why don't you just like sync them so that you have everything on here? I don't want to, and then you just don't want to, which is like you know, I guess that's just like one thing, but no, I, I mean obviously, and you thought of that off the top of your head, so clearly. Yeah. Yeah, that was there are lots of my examples. <laughs> yeah, no, and then just like, even if we, if we want to talk about the whole Harry Potter thing, which I no, bring up it. a lot, up. <laughs> the whole Harry Potter thing, and just that like you, 
have a specific way you want to watch them because well i guess like people don't know listening david's never seen harry potter yes and so i i really like harry potter Mm -hmm. i grew up with it i read all the books blah blah blah. and so you know it was just something i was like oh you haven't seen harry potter like oh we gotta watch it but then i just felt like i hit this resistance with you (laughs) and you were (laughs) just like i can only watch one a year and then i finally got to a place where i was like i convinced you to watch at least two a year and then even then it's like (laughs) i know in your mind you've already decided like I don't want to watch Harry Potter. So when we watch it, I like you have that wall of like, you know, not actually, I guess, like giving it a, a true chance. I feel like I am giving it a true chance, but I understand your point. I've been very stubborn about it. Mm-hmm. And realistically, I probably will continue to be. <laughs> I, I know that's not going to change. <laughs> Although you did like, we just watched the fifth one and you liked that one. That one so. was pretty good. So I like give maybe it, you'll be more yet. open to watching or you'll be, you'll feel better about watching the next one. Right. And I don't know. It's less that I even feel bad about it. it it's kind of funny, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you're stubborn. You know, like I can be, sometimes you kind of forget what bothered you so much about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's just more the principle of like, oh, we have a system, let's just keep it up. But I would, you know, to be honest, I'm not nearly as like against watching them as I used to be mentally. <laughs> and maybe that's a better way to say it. Like, you're not necessarily stubborn, you're just very like principled. Like, once you have your like right, way reasoning, of doing something, yeah. Yeah, once you have your reasoning, you've decided that you want to do something a certain way, and like, it's hard to get you to change it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's something I can work on. Do you feel like I've gotten better since the start of our relationship at all or worse? I think you've gotten better only yeah, because I'll take that. because you're also you're a very like logical guy too. Mm-hmm. So it's like once you receive some new information, some new data, some new points were made, like you'll eventually change your mind. So right. usually if I know there's something that you're resistant to, if I want to get you to like change your ways, I have to like kind of give you some proof or like right i need a proof of concept you need a proof of concept you know i know i can i can be stubborn in that way i need to see why but i try to be the person that once i've seen good explanations and good reasons when the facts change i change my opinion right like i don't i don't like i'm okay with being wrong Mm -hmm. but i don't like to be wrong just for the sake of oh well this is what i think yeah. I want to, if I'm wrong, I want to actually believe what I'm saying and have good reason to back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. It's, it's funny how quickly you got to that, though. So, yeah. definitely something I need to work on. Because, well, you asked me that before. So. Well, I know, but I just, you know, maybe you switched up. Yeah. You never know. So, what's, what about me, though? What, I want to know what you think. Oh, babe, you're perfect. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one thing. Something I don't know. small, nothing too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know you well enough to know that if I were to go on a tirade about something I really didn't like about you, oh, yeah, no. this would be a don't, huge don't problem. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Just something, you know, maybe minimal. Um, or no, I know what it is, what? too. Like, because I'm very, like, not like controlling, but like... Oh, yeah, that's the... Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. I, I think... It's funny because it's almost a level of stubbornness in the same way. It's in a different way. Yeah. yeah. You, when you have your way of doing something, not even that, you don't like to not understand why things are a certain way. For example, when you find a way that you like, you mm-hmm. do not like it changed. Yeah. Like you can be very controlling in that aspect. It's like 
you'll be open to figuring out a system that works but once you have something that you like mm-hmm. you do not want to change yeah and it, it's funny because it can be in the smallest things and this is one of the funniest parts of being in a relationship like mm-hmm. i know if i wanted to make you mad like if we were in a real fight and i was super angry at you there's so many things i would do <laughs> that that would make you so unhappy like i would just like move stuff around in the cabinets yeah like that would make me so mad (laughs) like this super passive aggressive subtle stuff Mm -hmm. and i know it's like for me if something's different in the cabin it's like no it's weird move it no big deal yeah but like if i were to just like put all the dishes away the wrong way or move the cabinets around well you already be doing that without no i'm just (laughs) on purpose I know I know you're not just going to be like, oh, that's weird. Let me let it go. Like, you're going to come to me and we're yeah. going to have to discuss it. Be like, look, babe, you put this plate where the pots and pans are. Not where it goes. Right. On your um, your cast iron, you know, when I put the, um, the pots yeah. on there. I know that's not sliding. Don't do that. <laughs> <sighs> that yeah. was funny. But no, other than that, you're perfect. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I think we like... We, like, help each other kind of deal with those things. Because I feel like, you know, there are certain aspects that I am, like, more relaxed. You know, like, if it wasn't for you, like, pushing back about something. You know, I think you make me a little less, like, I don't know, controlling about certain stuff. Because I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's not that serious if, like, the towel is supposed to go here. (laughs) But it's actually, you know somewhere else right you know it's not the end of the world right and i I think you made me less (laughs) stubborn as well and and that goes to the one thing that i wanted to make sure we discussed together which is you talk uh recently something you saw about the idea of being 100 percent in a relationship oh yeah and i you know there are two parts one i wanted you to say your general thoughts but also like what percentage do you think you were at when we started and now and just kind of give some background to what that that thing you were talking about was oh yeah so so I was in Target like a couple of days ago and mm. I saw this book and I didn't like read like what the book was about. I just yeah. saw the title and it was something like single by choice or okay. something to that effect. And then like the subtitle was like, um, why or work on yourself first, something like that. Okay. Um, which I think like that's a common like kind of narrative that people say about how like you need to be like 100% before you're like with another person and that person should be 100% as well. And I think a lot of people get wrapped up in that Mm. to where they end up not like dating or going for something because they don't feel like they're, you know, I guess 100% like their best version of themselves. they're not secure with themselves. Yeah, and so like, and so I agree like, you know, you definitely like when you enter a relationship, like there is some work that you should have done prior like mm-hmm. there are some things that you you know should make sure you work on that you um are like ready to actually enter a relationship but i don't think you have to be like a hundred percent you know i think maybe if you're like at least like 70 percent mm-hmm. or like because there's always going to be room to grow and i feel like that gap also um like there are things that you need to work on in yourself that you may not even realize until you're like trying to be in a relationship with someone really because i feel like you know with us like i feel like when we started dating like i had like my own issues that i was working through in life and blah blah blah. but i felt like i was at a point where um i had dealt with a lot of big things that you know probably didn't go well in my previous relationships so i felt like i worked on myself to a point where 
you know, us starting a relationship was good. And what percentage do you feel like you were at at the start of our relationship? And then what would you feel like you're at now? Um, I think I was like 65, okay. maybe. A little under your threshold. A little <laughs> under my threshold. You know, I, like, yeah, I think like there were definitely some things that maybe I brought into our relationship. But, you know, I was able to solve like, you know, with you kind of like being supportive. Um, but yeah, but I think like a lot of things that I kind of have learned that I still have to work on, like just as a person, like have come from getting like feedback from you or like, cause there's a lot of things you don't realize about yourself until you're, you know, romantically with someone and mm-hmm. that person can kind of like, you know, point that out or right. like, you know, a lot of stuff will come up just like if you get into an argument with someone or mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I think even just like the whole like me trying to be like too organized sometimes i feel like i've kind of um started to realize that like being in a relationship with you because you know there are certain aspects that you're not as organized in and so when we've like butted heads about stuff like that's made me realize like okay aaron like maybe you you know should work on not being you know everything doesn't have to be perfect basically like everything doesn't have to be lined up perfectly like you can take away some control um yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, like there are levels to working on yourself and self-development you know i would say i was probably 55 percent when we started dating but in fairness i wasn't really looking to date at the time and i didn't really think when we first started that we'd be at this point you know that was almost five (laughs) years ago you know we were just out of college and I mean I'm not even really talking about that I'm really talking about when we first started like you know more seriously dating before we were official you know I I mean I wasn't really prepared and I honestly think just in the eight months or so in between us dating and us being official I had to kind of do some work on myself to get to the point where I was closer to that 70% boundary which I think is a good number before I felt like I was even like okay I can do this and how many things I've had to learn just from the start of our relationship, now I had to work myself in two ways. I've had to work on myself apart from you mm-hmm. and then work on myself as a boyfriend in a relationship. Yeah. You know, because I had never been in something nearly this long term. And there are just issues you can't even imagine when you're single that arise. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me um, has kind of been being more empathetic. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I just don't get your perspective. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I don't see where you're coming from. I think you're 100% of the wrong about something. Mm-hmm. But I used to kind of approach that as you're wrong end of discussion. Yeah. And I've tried to work on it being like, I still think you're wrong, but I respect your opinion and we can find some kind of mid-ground. Yeah, that's the key (laughs) right there. Because I think that was a hard thing for me as well. Like, Mm -hmm. not being right and then having, like, that be the end of it. Yeah. And I think, like, for a lot of other people in relationships, like, that's probably a big problem. Like, and people that, like, maybe struggle kind of, you know, coming to resolutions, like, when they get in arguments. Like, there is a level of, like yeah maybe you think you are 100 percent right but yeah i think that level of respect is like the main thing because if you don't respect the other person and how they feel like then yeah it's just gonna be like no i'm right like you're wrong like we're that's we're not gonna discuss it any other way yeah and and i think that's what's so tough about it is it it becomes less about winning when you get later in your relationship it's about finding a medium and finding a peace because 
it's like you can win an argument Mm -hmm. but you're kind of losing the relationship exactly because it creates this sort of like tension and stress and you know they say never go to bed unhappy but that's not avoidable sometimes yeah and i can understand how if you have unresolved issues that Mm -hmm. linger for days and weeks and months and years because you said oh well the argument's over i was right i came to the conclusion it's rare people feel like the other person was 100% right, even if they are. Yeah. You're going to let that kind of fester. And then yeah. later on down the line, an argument, you're going to bring it back up. And it's like, I thought we were past this. It's like, no, because I felt defeated and like beaten down. Exactly. And you never want to feel that way from your partner. Yeah, it's like the emotional part of it. Because yeah. like logically, like maybe someone was right. Like maybe technically, like we should have listened to what you said. Yeah. But like the emotional part is really expect- like... um not expected what was I saying the, yeah important <laughs> the emotional part is really important because you know like that's gonna stay with you mm-hmm. you know you're still gonna feel bad like because I think there are plenty of times where we've had like arguments where it's like in my mind I'm like you know David is kind of right about like <laughs> maybe I need to you know he's he's right but then I think you always do a good job where you know if there is a time where I feel like you know that you're right or something like you don't you don't really like say that you still find ways to be like you know like I think I could have done this differently and I think we both do that where it's like even if one of us is right like we're still able to like find a way in which we're like okay well next time I think we can do this or even acknowledging the other person's perspective because let's be real like especially in emotional arguments almost never is someone 100% right or wrong Mm -hmm. right maybe you're 95 but I think it's so important to even if you're 100% right to say yeah I'm right but I understand your perspective you know and I respect you anyway and I think that's been the biggest thing that I've learned Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's gotten me from like, you know, I'd probably say when we really first started dating, I was probably at like a 60. Mm-hmm. And I feel more like, a, I think when we got engaged, I was like a good 75. Oh, okay. And then I feel like now I'm probably like an 82. Okay. And I'm hoping that with pre-marriage counseling and more time, by the time we get married, I'll be like a good 87. 87. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's always like things to like continue to work on like i don't think you'll ever get to like a hundred a hundred point because there's no one's perfect like there's always going to be like shortcomings there's always going to be you know things that you know we might do wrong but Mm. like like yeah you have to be you have to respect the other person and still understand that they're human and like you know they'll make mistakes and whatever but like you you do want to bring you know you do want to like put in the work yourself and like understand like the areas where you need to work on right. certain things i want to i want to end it with this what are you most excited for over the next year things i'm most excited for um let's see i mean i'm excited for just like our life here mm-hmm. in la and living in west hollywood because i don't know like my birthday the other day we had such a fun time it was great and, right yeah and like you know, who knows if, like, I guess, like, some of those were your coworkers, so, like, you'll mm. be able to continue relationships with them. And who knows if, like, any of the other people will actually be friends. But, like, it was just fun to, like, have that night out, and I just feel like us being here, we're going to meet more people, we're just in such a central location, and, like, we'll just have a lot, like, more fun things to do, so I'm excited for that. Um, 
I wouldn't say I'm like excited for wedding planning. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like excited. I'm a little excited. I'm excited for the final product. Right. I'm not excited I'm not about excited working to spend the money, I'll it. tell you that. Yeah, I'm not excited about the money. Um But yeah, I don't know. I think overall, like I've just been in like in a zone where I'm really trying to take it one day at a time. Like Good. there are things I'm excited about a year from now, but I don't know, I'm just excited for this week, mm. you know? No, a good week. same. And and I've just, I've been in a really good headspace. You know, this show being a part of it, I felt very self-actualized over the last couple of weeks and months. And just being back here feels so much like home. I feel like there's so much to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I feel incredibly blessed that we're at the point in life that we are. And I just feel like we got to savor every moment. Like, I yeah. feel like these really are the good times. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you. It has been amazing you were a great guest i'm super proud of you thank you any last things you want to say um i'm just really proud of you oh, thank and you, like baby. this this little studio that we've cooked up mm-hmm. and like it's just so nice to see you like doing something that i know you've always wanted to do so yeah. i'm really proud of you and i can't wait to see how this goes thanks babe i love it Love you too. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Rose Radio Show. We really appreciate it. If you like what you saw, you can check out any of our other videos right here. And if you want to support us further, you can go on our Patreon, which is linked in the description below, and support us more and get exclusive content and access. Thank you so much.